get going would be good to just to, I know some of you by face some of you by name but be good to know you all um, what you're yeah I guess just tell me a bit about you what you're looking to get out of Beam let's make it a bit like businessy tell me a bit like you know what do you bring if you're going to go into business what do you bring that's unique to you um, yeah start with whoever wants to go first but start with what elders Who's the other? What was the question again? Okay, so I know your name, yeah. but um, yeah, yeah. What, you're, what you're doing in Beam, mm-hmm. what, what you're trying to get out of it, and mm-hmm. what are you, what do you bring that's unique? I mean, what I'm in Beam and what I'm taking out of Beam is quite similar. I'm in Beam for a broadband of business knowledge, and to take that with me, take it out to the open world, and open my own business one day. Okay, and what do you bring to a business? Well, I did bring to a business, uh, business a business mentality to never stop. But unique to you? What's unique to me? Uh, I think I think I just I, I never give up. I just when I want something, I just I, I want it. I cool. don't stop. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Cool. Who's next? Me. So my name is Ben. Um, well, I came to be to uh, gain like a lot of knowledge, you know, um, uh, online business, marketing, all that kind of stuff. We're learning now, and uh, yeah, of course, you know, it's good for the future. So if I want to open a business, I, w- I also want to know what exactly I'm, what industry I want to go into. So it really gives me a direction. Yeah. And um, yeah, what's unique to me is uh, it's just. I'm a hard worker. I do everything till the end. Doesn't matter what. I always, always finish. I don't, you know, I don't stop in the middle or whatever. Cool. Just like to complete mm-hmm. stuff. Very good. Nice to meet you, Ben. Guy next, you're older. No, you're older. You are. When you born? October. <laughs> I'm June. I'm June. I don't even know. Really I'm old, June. You know? <laughs> I'm June. It's you. Okay. Um. Hi. My name is Guy. Um, I came to Beam to, I'd say probably, yeah, same same as everyone, expand my, my business knowledge. Um, I feel like if I was at home the whole time, I wouldn't get what I'm getting here, so it's really good. Yeah. Um, what's unique about me? Um, I changed my mind a lot. I changed my mind a lot. I've changed in seconds. Um, yeah. Cool. Good to meet you, guys came to Beam to learn some business knowledge and like it's not just like this is like broad so not specific it's a lot of stuff yeah and I'm sure it'll help me in my future life what's your name Mr. Aaron? Samuel Aaron Samuel Samuel good to meet you and uh, what's unique about you? I can see a lot I don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah you got a dad's sense of humour yeah. It's probably not a compliment, <laughs> but there's a compliment there. Um, okay, listen, I think the best way to do this, guys, I'll tell you a bit about me in a minute, but I just think the best way to do this is to keep it interactive. I want to make sure that I'm giving you what you want, right? So speak to me, ask me questions, nothing off the table. Generally, I'm happy to talk about anything. Um, I'll start what I'm going to start about, but then like, I'm happy to go on tangents, whatever. Like, I'm here to 
to serve you guys, I guess. Um, if I can't say anything, I'll tell you I can't say it. So, so <laughs> genuinely, just ask me whatever they you like. I'm really, really happy to, to do that. This always works best as a conversation, so make it a conversation. Um, I am, my name's Saul, Saul Cohen. Um, I, I, I've come to Veeam to help like you guys, to like, to give back something, to hopefully give some of my knowledge. Um, I really, I think that's really important. I think it's really, I think it's a really good thing to like share knowledge and give back to other people and give people an opportunity. I love what Veeam does. Um, I think it's an amazing thing to be a part of. Um, I think you're all really privileged to be here. Genuinely, I do believe that. I think you've all made a really good decision to come. So, good, good, good to you all. Um, what I bring unique to the table is I am a very creative. I've got a very creative mind. Um, I very, I think outside the box very easily. Sometimes the ideas I come up with are like madly wacky. And in my industry, as an accountant, that is incredibly unique. You very, very rarely get accountants who are creative. Um, most accountants see accountant accounting as a science. To me, I see account as an, accounting as an art form. But the painting that I'm instead of making a painting, I'm creating wealth and opportunity for, for like the people around me. Right? Which like that's madly powerful. Yeah. Um, that is generally what I do. The tools that I use to do that are like you know finance. And so it is if if you're in business. For me, I became an accountant because I wanted to help people, and. I loved business, like you guys. So I was just like, yeah, wow, let's put the two together. It's going to be sick. Um, and yeah. Um, so I specialize in mergers and acquisitions, um, which is when companies buy each other. Specifically, I specialize in smaller uh, mergers and acquisitions. I used to work for like some of the bigger guys. Um, but the thing is, the thing is, it's a bit like, you're just a little bit more detached from it, particularly at the lower levels. Um, what you guys will find in life is generally in life like the lower levels of everything sucks <laughs> and it's always to get like move up the ladder right you know whatever you're in um, but it's get, to get to a like, point where you're just enjoying the journey so for me I wanted to be working with people so I moved out of the big corporate world and moved into like a slightly smaller acquisitions but it's much more impactful so whereas before if I found a client like three million pounds they were like yeah great because it wasn't really their money, and realistically, three million and a billion is like irrelevant. Now, for, if I find if I find a client, like if I save a client an extra three three grand, if I save a client an, <laughs> if I save a client an extra three grand to them, that's madly that's that's mad. So what we do is we help people buy groups, um, build groups of companies, and sell it for free. Um, generally, our clients as far as I can, are making the acquisitions for nothing. Yeah. They're not spending a penny of their own money. I don't know if you've heard about this concept, but the idea of using other people's money to make your own investments is massively powerful. And when you when you really contextualize that, that's the point where you really realize that scale is scale investing and return on like your investments just completely multiply. Um, our biggest, most successful client built a he built the fourth he went from zero to the fourth largest nursery chain in 18 months he bought 184 nurseries in that time literally like 10 acquisitions a month didn't pay a penny of his own money nothing went in um obviously lots of time and effort um 
and obviously there was a lot to spend along the way, but none of his money, all, all leverage on the company, and he sold out to private equity for like a fat sum. Yeah. Um, he made, obviously, there were lots of mistakes that he made along the way and stuff. No one's perfect. Um, and he could have, in my opinion, he could have got 10 times what he actually got paid out. But what he got paid out is a life-changing sum of money. Nevertheless. No, none of his own money. None of his own money. Brilliant. Yeah. And that's where this is what I get involved in is really interesting. So we recently helped a client. They are working in the construction industry. Um, and they found an opportunity to purchase a company that makes foundations. Companies got oh, wow. th- yeah, foundations, cool. building yeah. foundations for like large buildings. The company makes like thirty million pounds a year a year revenue, um, profit of four million pounds. Um, we helped him pay nothing for the business. He's not paying a penny of his own money. So on day one, in, that, in fact, for the next five years, this guy's going to make a million pounds of extra cash flow, paying zero. The business runs itself. He's just an investor in it. He's going to make a million pounds a year, paying nothing of his own money. Yeah. Now you can see why what I do is really interesting. Um, I really love it. I think I've, I've learned so much. Um, yeah. Uh, and actually now I know what I know and uh, you spent all that time learning um, actually I look at it and be like well why would you ever start a business I'd build one <laughs> I'd just buy one yeah <laughs> like, if I was going to go I'd like what, why, why start a business when you can buy one um, but I think for me actually having thought about that and gone through that process I think that the value in building a business is the learning that you get from building it but once you get to a certain point definitely just buy <laughs> just buy yeah um so yeah that is that is what we do um the way we do it i'll just i'll give you a bit of an introduction just in terms of how we do it it's all about the concept of leverage i don't know if you know what that means but it's basically that it's just using opportunity to your own game right what can you bring to the table yeah right so I mean, there's lots of places that you can go for money. Loads of people have no idea what to do with their own cash. You know, and if you give them a small, sometimes like, particularly in the past like 10 years, even but even in the next 10 years, you know, the return that you can give someone doesn't have to be huge. You know, people over the moon with like 15%. And you give someone a 15% return on their profit or give them a way to see how they're going to get genuine 50% return on their profit. Look, we're going to buy this business it's making a million pound a year profit, you know, we'll give you, if you give us a million pound to buy it, we'll give you, you know, 150k a year for just doing nothing. We'll run it, do everything for you, give you 150k a year. You know, for most people like sitting around, that's like, they're over the moon with that because they stick that money in the bank, they get nothing. They stick it in property today, they get next to nothing, you know. Well, what, what did he bring to the table to get that 150k? This guy's going to run the business. Mm. this guy's going to run the business he knows that he so for example this construction one he knows exactly how to run construction clients he actually hasn't done it with an investor he's done it with he's got a finance on so the, the business obviously all businesses have assets and liabilities the business has like assets it's got like machinery which he's raising finance against so he's raising finance against the machinery and he's taking a loan out from the people who are selling him the business yeah Right, so he's bought the business for eight million, right? Mm. Um, I can tell you that he's bought the business for eight million. 
he's taken a four million pound loan, five year loan from them, repayable in five years. He's taken from the people selling him the business, and he's taken a four million pound loan from a finance company on the assets of the business. So, like, nice and simple, yeah. Um, and it brings, brings, brings in four million return. Yeah, four million yeah, return, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's paying like he's paying like six percent interest rate on that. That's so disgusting. who cares? Six percent. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. This guy's taking home really good money each year. It brings three million return. Sorry, three million yeah. profit. Um, yeah. Um, he has five years to pay back. Yeah, but in five years he'd have paid back yeah, the loan on the finance. Yeah. So he'd just take out finance again on the machinery to pay it back. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you see, and, and when you start looking at things like that, and you start looking at all the options, you start to realise that actually you can be a lot more creative. Mm-hmm. There are lots of ways. Within the, within the law, obviously, you know, within the, within the structures that have been created, that there are lots of ways to create wealth. Um, and there's lots of industries, right? You know, I know you, you mentioned that you don't know what industry you want to go into. The truth is, one of the biggest things that I learned over the past, as an accountant, when I moved from being a big, working in the big corporates to being an accountant, I realised that you don't need to have a fancy idea to make money. You know, I used to think when I was like younger, I used to think, right, to make good money, you need to have that the next big idea, right? And you work at like these big companies, and you're working with startups who have like you know multi-million pound ideas, and they're going out to get like billion-dollar investments, and you know, like you know BP and all these like sort of massive companies. And it, it sort of reinforces that idea. You need to have something completely unique to be there. Actually, when you come into the small world, there are loads of people making really good cash. Just simple online. businesses. Yeah, simple businesses. One of the best businesses I, I have ever seen in my life. Corner shop? No, no. <laughs> One of the best businesses I've ever seen in my life was it, they, they, they sold... They sold... Um, they sold um, wills to people. Right, and they basically literally the wills are like two and a half grand. You know, they wrote the will, you can change it. You know, they they hold it for you, then whatever. This business sold for 18 million pounds, right? It was making the owners 600k a year, like clear profit after tax 600k a year. So each owner was like sitting there on 300 grand, you know, that they are literally just like sitting pretty on this bank of loans, they're going to be making. They're both retired. They're literally they're just living off of the profits of this business. Such a simple concept, such a simple idea. You know, all they had was they had a team of people going door to door, knocking on old people's door. They had literally they bought a database of old people. It's, do you know what I mean? It's just a simple process. Mm-hmm. Buy a database of old of people over the age of 40, 50, Give them a call. Find out if they're interested in having a loan. Go to them door to door. It's like old school selling, but it just works. Yeah. So who cares? It's not fancy. It's not paper clicks. It's not whatever, and it just works. And that's it. It's like whoever you speak to, they just find a method that works and rinse and repeat. You don't need to be that clever. You don't need to have like a world changing idea. You just need to find a simple idea and rinse and repeat it. And I think it was someone who said it was like, you know, you just need to turn ten pounds into a hundred pounds. And then do that like a thousand times, yeah. yeah. And you get a hundred grand. And then do it a thousand more times, and that you got ten million pounds, right? 
and that 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 for me was a big mindset moment. And the second mindset change for me came when I realised how much money you really need to live like a king, right? Because in my head, when I was at your age, I don't know how how old are you guys? Twenty two, twenty three. Seventeen. Sixty. Yeah. So definitely, when I was like sixteen, seventeen, even when I was like twenty two, like yeah, twenty, twenty two, I was like in my head to live a good life you needed at least minimum 10 million pounds, right? Because, you know, you need a house, 10 million, and you need, like, you know, whatever it is, you know. You need a house, it's going to be 2 million pounds, realistically, right? You need, like, whatever, investments, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But then when you... You don't need the actual 2 million, though, for the the property. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. But then I was like, now I look at it, and actually... I don't need 10 million pounds, right? Let's say to live like a really good life, you need 10k a month. Yeah. yeah. Well, 10k a month, even in the Jewish world, 10k a month is like, is great, yeah? 10k a month <coughs> is, is 120 grand a year. Let's say you're going to get a 10-12% return on investment. All you need is 2 million pounds in the bank. 2 million pounds in the bank, you never have to work another day in your life. Or I'll change that. 2 million pounds in assets, and you never have to work another day in your life. And like when you realize that it becomes so much more attainable, that's like for me that was such a mind. I was like, wow, that's actually not. I know it sounds it's still a lot of money, but it's not like a mad sum of money. So like when you think of it that way, two million pounds becomes life changing, and you realize it. You realize why it becomes you know it's it's so easy to make good money. Um, yeah. Um, Yes, I think for me, so when I look at it now, I see, I see, I classify businesses at different stage of a life cycle. So for me, up to a hundred grand, you don't really have a business. You've got a nice idea, you know, something that's giving you like a freelance. You're really, you're still in the job section. When you go from a million to a, so a hundred, hundred thousand to a million, um, you're VAT registered, you know, you're like a proper business, you're probably building a team, you're moving into sort of the management phase. Yeah. And then when you go from a million to five million, you're moving to sort of managing director. And five million plus, you're looking at exiting. So either as you ba- you're basically moving into the investor phase. Yeah. And when you come into a business making acquisitions, you can come in at either of those levels. Yeah. Right. So like many people will be looking as a managing director and they're looking at businesses like 300k. Um like I had someone actually we did this with. He got made redundant. Um, he got made redundant and he literally had no cash. He got like obviously a redundancy pay, so he had like 30 grand, but like no income, nothing. And he was like, What should I do? And I was like, Just buy a business. And I was like, Yeah, but what am I going to know about business? And I'm like, Buy something simple, like buy a cleaning business. So he started thinking about it and we went through it and some numbers and I showed him how he could do it. And he was like, Oh, yeah, that could work. Right, and like it was in COVID, so like there was a bounce back loans, which made it so easy to get finance on anything, right? And so I was like, listen, if you buy like a couple of these businesses, two, three hundred k, you put them all together, then you're gonna like if each one's making you forty, fifty grand, so you you put three businesses together, you got one hundred fifty grand a year, yeah. Um, that's what he's done. And so he literally like once he made his first acquisition, and he made his first acquisition and found a whole load of cost savings. So he took the profit in that business overnight from thirty to sixty k. So he paid like he actually he did pay some money for it. He didn't do it completely, no money down. He'd paid some money for it, and he had some, so he was okay with that. But he went from zero income a month to sixty k income a year, right? So let's say five k a month 
overnight. And like, it's literally, it's like, it's your life changing amount of money is like one step away. And you just have to find out what that step is for you. Um, is this stuff useful? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, cool. So yeah, I, I, I think that... In, taking it all back to like what kind of how can you guys make it sort of tangible because I think that's what's more important yeah. right, right. all of this stuff right now and the truth is while you don't need money for acquisitions what you do need is a sense of maturity and confidence that you know what you're talking about yeah because when you have that you go to a seller and you start saying look you know most businesses don't sell the reason why most businesses you know, by the way fantastic stat 80% of businesses don't sell they go into liquidation if an owner wants to retire, and this is why you can get such good deals, if an owner wants to retire, eight out of ten times, they will liquidate their business and take the profits of it that way, rather than finding a seller. And the key reason for that, in my opinion, is that they have massively unrealistic expectations of what their businesses are worth. The only exception to that is in the Jewish market, because in the Jewish market, for some reason, people pay over over and above what businesses are actually worth. Genuinely, I've I like you know I've seen Jewish restaurants, you know, everything in the Jewish market is just madly inflated. Like genuinely, in my opinion, ten times what you could get a non-Jewish black business for. In terms of mergers and acquisitions. Yeah, yeah, completely. Like it's completely overvalued, and it's just because the Jewish, in my opinion, is because you've got inexperienced buyers and inexperienced sellers who don't really know, and so they're all just inflating the prices because that's what a broker told them. But in the non-Jewish market, you've got a much bigger pool of... You've got less people with money, yeah? And the people... No, seriously. And the people with money know what they're doing when it comes to mergers and acquisitions or the people who are in that field know what they're doing. Because of the supply and demand. Yeah. And so as a result of that, they're getting good deals on what they're doing because they know what the market is because they do their research properly. They're not just looking at three businesses. They're looking at 300, sometimes 3,000 before they make an acquisition. There are a lot of businesses now, like, like available to sell. Mad amounts. In fact, yeah. and Just in the UK? Just in the UK. And (coughs) the best opportunities come from the market, like, off-market. Off-market, definitely. Everything off-market is the best. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, yeah, so, take it all back, I guess, for you guys. It's about thinking about what the world that you're going to be in, what world you're going to be in, right? And through no fault of your own, no one's ever been prepared, all of us, every every entrepreneur, every single one of us in this room, outside this room, we're not prepared for entrepreneurship in school, right? Which is why I believe so strongly in stuff like Beam, right? Because you're not prepared for the world of finance. You're not prepared for the world of business. I personally think that's partly deliberate because if the government taught this stuff, then, like, everyone would be rich. Right, you know, it'd, it'd make it so accessible, and like the government would lose power because yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I hear that, but I, I don't think so. I think in a, comp- in a country like England, there is scope for everyone to be rich, and then you know, because you can leverage AI and stuff and sell to other markets, and you know, in today's day and age, it literally could be everyone could have a fantastic quality of life, but it's yeah, particularly the middle classes. And so like, they go into this mentality of like, you know, go to school, go to uni, like get a job. And don't get me wrong, you can live a comfortable life like that, but it is always a difficult, comfortable life. You need to work mm-hmm. all the time in order to make money. 
Yeah. And like when you when you when you're thinking about it from an investor's point of view, and when you know, but they've never been taught about the idea of investments. Exactly. They've never been taught about the idea of making a big business or a lifestyle business. And that that I think when you realise that, then that's what you have to get educated on really quickly. Yeah. Um, and like I, it's funny because someone said to me recently, um, it was a business coach I work with. His name's Paul Avery, um, and he said. Um, is that the best time to do anything? When's the best time to do anything? So uh, if you're going to start something new, when's the best time to start? Now. No, no, yesterday. <laughs> when's the second best? The second best time to do it is is now. Yeah, um, and yeah, and I think that to, that that also is like it's like oh yeah, actually, if I would have started, for example, this year, one of the things that I took on for myself is that when I'm in the car on the way to work, I'm going to listen to like an ebook. I've listened to about. 50 books this year right like just in terms of acquisition of knowledge because when you get into that when you when you accept that school hasn't prepared you at all for finance school hasn't prepared you at all for investing it hasn't prepared you at all for running or businesses or teams or anything that we're going to be doing in our lives (laughs) right when you when you accept that you realize that you need to actually pick up the slack on that stuff Right, and if you're really serious about having a successful career, you need to be thinking about, right, okay, well, what habits should I be dropping? What ha- habits should I be starting? Because it's all about habit creation and getting into the right routines and getting into the right thing. And something like, you know, actually, I was on Audible because like, that was really good. I could listen to it. I got myself up to like 2.8 times speed, which is like really fast. <laughs> yeah, really fast. I was like bursting through a book in a week. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now I've I've found this app called Blinkist, which is like book summaries. So it's literally now I can go through two books a day. Wow. Yeah, like literally the past week I'm going through. It's like it's like thirty quid a year. It's like I'm literally going at two books a day, and I literally I just you know you start with the basic ones and you just you go it's like a minefield, and like you start to see. Rep- patterns and rep- like the repetition they're all saying the same thing and you realise that there is very much a formula for this yeah. yeah right the reason why they're saying the same stuff is because there is really a formula and it doesn't mean there's not variation variance on how to do it yeah you might do the marketing slightly different or you might approach sales slightly different or it being a different industry but the standard formula is the same and so like my biggest piece of advice to you guys yeah is get in the habit of acquiring knowledge Genuinely, if you're serious about having a successful life, do it. And the sooner you do it, the better. Yeah. Well, like listening to books, like what kind of... Uh... I mean, whatever works for you. I'm dyslexic. I hate reading. I literally, I can't be bothered for any other stuff. But like, I'm, I'm not... Like, being bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm lazy. I'm dyslexic. I literally, I just, so I make my life easy for me. So for me, like, I'm driving anyway. I listen in the car. My yeah. What am I losing? And I find this stuff interesting. You know, yeah. you can I can talk about it for hours. I've just I've gone on tangents now, even that, right? <laughs> I find this stuff interesting, so I can just keep on listening to it, and I'll go from one to the next. Yeah, you, know, you know, start with Rich Dad Poor Dad if you've never read it. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna buy that book. Yeah, never no. read it. I'm gonna read it. No, I, I read, read it. I was fourteen, Richest man above. Yeah, the other thing is the other thing is right. And this is like, most people who read a book or learn something will never implement it. 
and don't be that guy. <laughs> yeah, right? Seriously, just don't be that guy. Like, I personally think what you want to do is, you, if I were you guys, yeah, and like knowing, it's really easy for me to say because you don't know what you know now at 18. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't have that sort of, you know, if I did, then I would have done it. Yeah, but that's not how life works. Life works where you acquire knowledge, you grow and develop, and then you make it, right? Every every overnight success you will ever see, every overnight success you'll ever see, is 20 years in the making, at least. 20 years in the making. Because they would have developed in their head, in their mind, the skills and ability that they need to get to that point where they took the opportunity and it hit. Yeah, they built their business, they worked hard, every single one of them. There is no exception to that rule. Even Facebook, the guy was a machine. Yeah, the guy was a machine. Like, he, he had a lot of things naturally that we all have to develop. Or like Bill Gates, yeah? But even Bill Gates, you know, yeah, fine, that at 21 or 22 when he started Microsoft, you know, whatever. But what made, what he became like really wealthy afterwards. He went to like read a lot of books. Yeah, yeah. Bill Gates reads. He's famous for reading a book a week. He's famous for reading a book a week, and I, I just think he's a bit of a geek, right? Let's let's that. Call a spade a spade. He's a geek. Yeah, because he's the books he reads and whatever. But the point is, he's been doing that for like fifty years now. Yeah. So and he's a super genius. So fine. All right. Let's put Bill Gates aside. But how do you make that tangible for you? Well, all right book summary and get all the information I need out of that or even audible if it's too much because some of those books I've listened to the summaries and you get the key points in it but sometimes it is nice to just you know hear how does it how the how someone else applied it yeah but like something like audible what is it it's like seven pounds seven pounds a month you know hundred percent because it's an investment in you it's an investment in you like in the best investment you can make at, at 18 16, 22, whatever it is, yeah, is investment in yourself and investment in, like, education. Like, yeah, Beam is great, but you... The thing is, you can't always rely on other people. You've got to take responsibility for your own development. You know, you've got to take responsibility for your own thing. And, yeah, sometimes that means, like, getting yourself an accountability coach. Yeah, I have that. Yeah, I've, I've got, like, a business coach I work with who basically, his role is to sort of keep me accountable and force me to do stuff I don't want to do. Yeah. Well, in finance? Well, in running my business. Mm. Like, you know, it's all, it's, it's like, it sounds all like fine and dandy, but like the truth is, what people don't talk about is running a business is inherently difficult. There's no one to talk to about it. Yeah. There's no one to talk to when like, you know, stuff hits the fan. You know, you can't go to your wife what are you going to do? Say, look, oh yeah, well, I'm really worried about making payroll this month. Yeah, like, what's your wife going to say? She's going she to panic. Be like, well, does that mean we're not okay? Like, you know, people just don't get it. You can't talk to people because there aren't, people do not understand what you're going through until you're there, until you're in it. And so, it can be a really lonely world and like, loads of entrepreneurs do end up really friendly with each other because they're the only people that they can talk to and they actually relate to. Yeah, that's true. Right? And having people that are going through the same thing as you is madly powerful. Yeah. If you've ever read a book, it's a really old book, um, but it's a really... It just goes to show that the fact is that despite the fact that this is over 150 years old, it's genuinely still 
absolutely relevant. And it's called um, Think and Grow Rich. It's called Think and Grow Rich, right? And it was literally, it was a guy who was around in the time of John D. Rockefeller, and he went down to all of like the big richest, the richest people, Rockefeller, Dale Carnegie, you know, literally, he went around America to all of the most successful people, Ford, and he just found out like what is the formula, and he categorized the formula, and one of the things that he says is build a mastermind, and like basically the mastermind is like a group of people who are going through the same things as you, where you can just be completely honest about what you're going through, and there's no judgment, and you just, you, you sit and brainstorm ideas, and it is a madly powerful thing, and when you sort of, yeah, because entrepreneurship is so lonely, because of the fact that it is quite difficult and people don't talk about that. Yeah, you can you can get wrapped up in this whole social media, you know, like nonsense of, oh yeah, entrepreneurship is beautiful and whatever, but like, it not everyone's made for it. No. Genuinely, not everyone's made. You have to like, there's a lot of mental toughness. You're going to need like, I'd naturally, by the way, I naturally don't have that tenacity to like just keep going and keep going and keep going. I'm massively impatient. Massively impatient. I'm like, I'm so creative. I just come up with a new idea and I'm like, this idea isn't working, I'll do this idea. And like, you just can't be like that in business. You can't. And so for, for me, what's really important is to know, I, I, I work really hard to know what my weaknesses are so I'm aware of them and I see them coming up. And I see them limiting me, yeah. And I'm lucky enough that I've got the business to a point where, like, I've got people, a couple of people working for me who tell me, <laughs> "No, we need, we just need to do this," or "No, stop coming up with another idea, please," because it can be really difficult for people to. So people who aren't just naturally creative, they hate that. Just please, just keep things the same, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please, just don't, no more applications, nothing, just keep the, and like, you just need to know. And like, it, that, what, what a business needs shifts over its life cycle. And you've got to be conscious of what you're bringing to the table and what, what you're, and what your, your, your lackings are, where you're falling. Because in business, it's not like some corporate like interview rubbish where they say, oh, what are your weaknesses? And they don't really care about what your weaknesses are. Yeah, in fact, they don't want to hear a weakness because you probably won't, if you were really honest, you probably wouldn't get the job. Yeah. But when you're, real, when you're a genuine leader, when you're really working in a business and you're running, you need to be aware of that. It's not because someone's going to hold you accountable to it and whatever, it's because you are, the, the buck stops with you. And so you need to know. And if you've got if you've got a lacking in of yourself, that's fine. Know it. Either do something about it and change it, or get someone in who can help you. Because business is relentless, and it would just it would just eat you alive if you just leave it. Um, so yeah. So taking it back. So I've got an accountability coach because I'm inherently lazy. I inherently put stuff off. I inherently don't like it. You know. I don't like the idea of marketing. I hate the idea of social media with a passion, right? But the truth is we live in a social generation, yeah? yeah? Like everything right now, everything, our generation is all about, it's not about, it's not about things, it's not about information, it's about the interactions you have with people and the, the experiences that you give your clients. Yeah. And like with the world being so focused online, you can't avoid being on social media. 
so as much as I hate it, I'm doing things like recording myself and watching, make, making videos and like, I'm genuinely, I hate it with a passion. Genuinely, like, it makes me cringe. <laughs> like just thinking about it makes me, but sometimes you have to do what you don't like. Um, and sometimes it's just about getting yourself over the hurdle. And as long as you enjoy most of what you're doing, that's fine. But, and I, I think the problem today is in today's world is that because we glorify, we, well, the government, we have a government that hates entrepreneurship and businesses, but, but a society that has a love-hate relationship with it, right? It thinks it's like, oh, it's cool, you know, like California, you know, we're just going to have like startup ideas and, and in my opinion, it's all nonsense, but whatever. And we put that, that mentality sort of filters through. And you've got like all these influencers who run their own businesses and like whatever, and like it just oh yeah, running a business is easy and whatever and like no yeah, no they make it look very easy online right? yeah and like and and like it's for everyone and the truth is it's not not everyone can run a business not everyone has that in them to do it successfully and I just think that people should be really honest with themselves about like is this what I want to do or Actually, is it better? Am I better off going and working for someone who is like that, and I'm going to get a good payday? And actually, instead of being a business owner, I'm going to be an investor, right? And I'm going to make myself some good cash on the side, and then invest in whatever it is I'm going There's to invest. There's also less headaches in investing than there is the business owner. Yeah, it depends what investment. Depends what depends what investments well. depends what investments you have. But in my opinion, the most complicated thing, the most complicated part of business is people right managing people managing teams it's a game changer and like if you're just not willing to do that or willing to employ people who can or willing you know dealing with that employment idea you know if you're not willing to deal with that stress of oh, what am I going to do if I can't make payroll mm. or you know that feeling of being alone sometimes or that whatever like yeah, maybe maybe you're just not ready for it right now, you know. And th that's what I, I just think you've got to be honest with yourself in life. Like, where am I? What are my real strengths? What are my real powers? And it's not about me trying to put you off at all, right? Because yeah. I think it's mad. I just think you should know what you're getting yourself into, because it's fantastic if you're enjoying it. But you will have like difficult times in everything. You're gonna have difficult times. Life's about that. Absolutely. Yeah. Nice breakdown. What do you mean? Mm. What if I actually understood, like, you know, most of what you said. Mm. I'm only 17, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> any, any questions? Yeah, I have a question. Like, you know, for businesses, right? Sometimes they're trying to pay less tax, right? Like, completely... Yeah, how do they do that? Do they, they, they use probably debt Nick. to do it, right? Um, yeah, look, there's loads of different ways. Like charity, you do write-offs and stuff. Charity, there's, there's, well, yeah, you you can write off the interest on your debt. Um, I mean, look, other people's money is a big part. I'm not sort of really brushed over, so I'll put that to the side for a second. Remind me. Um, in terms of tax, there's lots of ways in which people avoid tax, right? And companies avoid tax. There is the concept of offshoring. Um, there is. The concept of you know charities. There are lots of little things that you can do. Because um, not completely off tax, you're paying less tax. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends. 
Yeah, exactly. You can never not pay tax. You're always going to pay some tax. Mm. It's just where, when, and how you're paying it. Um, you're saying it's worth it doing all these things because only when you make a certain number, right? Because the thing is, you're going to have to pay an advisor to help you with it, and all of these schemes cost money. So, like, you know, each at each stage, at each stage when you make more money, you can get a little bit better with a little bit more tax efficient. Yeah, but I mean, so look, one of the things that we do for our clients is we we work with them to build a wealth portfolio. So, like, the reason why I know I know your dad is because he does wealth management and he's got some really great tax-efficient investments. And do you, if I talk about compounding, do you know what that is? Do you understand no. compounding? No. Okay, so, so one, of the things, one of the things in investments is that it's never too early to make an investment however much you're investing. Because let's say you're making an investment at 10% return. I say 10% because the market will on average make 10% a year. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? So... If you if you start investing at seventeen, yeah, let's say whatever. Yes, you start investing at seventeen because you invest and you make a bit of money, right? So let's say you invest hundred pounds, you make a hundred and one pounds in year one, yeah. In year two, that one pound that you make will start also making you money, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, what happens is your profit each year Become becomes it becomes your investment. So your investment pocket mm. grows, mm-hmm. and it grows exp- it's exponential growth, right? So the more the longer it's been there, the more it's growing. Yeah. yeah? So a small change at the beginning we'll makes a massive impact at the end. Yeah. So, but if you don't start investing until twenty five, yeah, all the time you wasted. Yeah, yeah, literally, your pot is half at thirty five. And what it would have how, been at 17. How can you invest 100 pounds at 17? Or what? Yeah, yeah, you can't. I'm just using it as an example. Like, 25 is better than 35. Yeah? 25 is better than 30. That's my point. Yeah? yeah? You know, you need to know what you're doing before you're investing. I'm definitely not telling anyone to make an investment without knowing about it. Uh, but, yeah. I, I so, who would you... Investment, but, like, on, you know, <laughs> Google, Apple, that stuff. I'm currently on the down, but anyway, it's good to invest in... <laughs> It always grows. It always goes up. Yeah, look, yeah, exactly. And something like Google or Apple is probably good. I my I would always say to people you want stuff that pays you. Yeah, the dividends. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You want like whatever investment you're making, make sure it's giving you cash. If it doesn't pay you cash, it's not an investment in my opinion. But I know people say, Oh look, you know, the investment the value of the investment will grow. That that is true, but it can also go down yeah. and you don't actually have any profit until you until you cash out and you know you might come out after like 40 years and not make anything so I I always like saying having a cash element of your um, but yeah so coming back to it so the thing is what's really powerful is that when you make a small saving in tax let's say you even save 1% of your tax bill if that goes into an investment that that can help you you know just putting away 10 grand a year for example which sounds inconceivable now, but when you're maybe like 25, it's not that inconceivable to put away, like, you know, even six grand a year. And then you manage to save like 500 pounds on your tax bill or a thousand pounds on your tax bill. You know, over over maybe 20 years, that 1,000 pounds each year that you've saved off your mm-hmm. tax bill is mm-hmm. worth like 50K, not 20K. That's yeah, the point. Because yeah. not inflation, right. because of compound interest. That's the idea oh, of compound. Yeah, yeah. Because your profits are increasing and they make more more for you. Yeah. So like yeah, small changes make big differences. 
So like what what investments do you think that are good like not generally like not anything that makes a good return for you in the short term. So um I think it's really important to know what an asset is because I think people mix it up. <coughs> Rich Dad Poor Dad, he talks about it, but it's really true. It's like, it's generally, it's a thing, right? So an asset is anything that generates your positive cash flow. A property is an asset, no? Yeah. Depends. Depends when you buy it. If you buy a rental property, yes, it's an asset. A rental property? Uh, yeah. uh, uh, Why well, is that an asset? Because you're bringing money in. Oh, oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah. You own the property and you're renting it out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, but even... But your home, it, your home. Is that yeah, an asset? Even, yeah. Why? Because it's worth a, worth a mil and it's going up in the market. But what what money is it bringing in? Is it increasing your cash flow today or decreasing it? It's most likely increasing. Yeah, is it? Mortgage. Your mortgage cash flow. Decreasing. Why? Mortgage ones. Because the market goes up and down. You should know, right. by the way. You no, should know, by the way. If the, house, Take is, away. the house is worth a mil, and it's, you don't have it, though, but it's an asset that you can it's sell it for a mil. It's not an asset. Take away, listen. Again, the Jewish market is a little bit of an anomaly because when Jews move into it, when Jews move into an area, it massively just inflates the prices. Yeah. Like, beyond belief. But generally, <laughs> generally, generally, the housing market, generally, if you take away the years immediately before and after a recession... Yeah, house prices are always constant increasing by round inflation. Okay, mm-hmm. genuinely, house prices are always, yeah, <laughs> your gain is normally netted off by, you know, what, what they call an indexing figure, but for you is inflation. Right, if you buy it, let's say, in the middle of a cycle and sit in the middle of a cycle, it's not really a gain, it's just inflation. Yeah, exactly. The money just becoming yeah. Yeah, and and by the way, it's really easy to make a loss as well. It's not guaranteed that you're going to make a gain. Because you know, if now. you buy, if I buy a house ten years ago, I may have bought it for five hundred fifty k, and I sell it now for six hundred k. It sounds like that's a gain, but I'm not sure that no, is a gain. Actually, no, yeah, inflation. right. Yeah, yeah. So like, I just think that is really easy to get bowled over by numbers because the numbers sound big, but. It's over such a long period of time. Yeah, yeah. You know, your house, you you don't buy a house, in my opinion, to make yourself rich. No, it's just... Uh, you buy your house because you want the flexibility of doing what you want to it. You want to extend it. You want to decorate it. You want to... You just want to know that I feel comfortable in the fact that I can't be moved out of here. This but you are sitting on a mill. The house is worth a mill. You're sitting on a mill. Yeah, but it's not an asset. But if you, if, if I know you on a rainy look, day, I'm being, get, I'm being facetious. I'm being facetious because what you're saying is that it sits on your balance sheet. If you have a personal balance sheet, it will sit on your personal balance sheet as an asset. Yeah. And I agree with that. Yeah, because the valuation. Yeah, you're right. But tuckless, just right. like cash in the bank. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not bringing you income. But if you have a house as a million, you're worth a million. So what? You can sell that for a million, and you have, you you have a cash. Million, that's million. It. Yeah, but so what? That, that's is that what? Is that not? Is that, what? Yeah, that, is that not it's worth something? One million, buy three apartments, and give you cash flow per year. No, but, but what? What? What does it help you if you had a million that's bringing you Look, in? I'm just saying 50, it's, it's 50, an asset. Even fifty pounds a week. It's so much better. I'm being having... facetious about how I'm defining an asset. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I am being facetious, but I want you to get this point. Yeah, I, it's I an important point. This is an important an point. An asset is so like, like, for me, something that's 
for me, constant cash flow. Yeah, for me, if you want to make an investment, you need to know really clearly, is this actually a positive investment for me or not? Mm. And if you keep pumping money in, because some people do this, right? They just keep pumping money into something. Yeah, yeah it's costing them it's costing, it's costing them cash flow. There's no dividends out of it. There's nothing. They're not seeing any returns. You know, in my opinion, shares that don't pay a dividend. I mean, I don't really understand the stock market. I'm, I don't see how. You know, but I know people make mad money on the swings and stuff, but that's... It's just it's a gamble. It's just not my style. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I don't see it's, it. It's, it's just a gamble. It's a gamble. It's a gamble. Right. Gamble. Yeah, crypto's the same. I've seen it go up and down, whatever. Yeah. But like... I'm down like 250. Yeah, I mean, it's just life, yeah. But, yeah, but there's a new NFTs now. It's just joke, bro. NFTs just nothing. I know. If you uh, make but, NFTs, you make peace. I'll come back to that in a minute. NFTs. But yeah, I mean, in general, you've, you've just got to remember, if it's paying you a dividend, it doesn't matter. Because yeah, then what you're saying is, yeah, it's fine. I've got £1,000 invested. It's gone down to 500 but I'm still getting my £100 dividend every month or every quarter. Yeah, fair. Yeah, okay. right? And it will go back up to 1000 over time. Yeah. Because yeah? shares go up and down. They fluctuate. That's just life. Yeah? So... If as long as it's making you whatever it is, I my 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 criteria for investment is it should make you income. A constant constant cash flow. Yeah, some people say some people say you should aim for like twenty percent return year on year, because that way if if three out of five fail, you're still making a good return. But I don't say that. I say just make sure it's giving you positive investment. Well, what percentage would you look at? Anything actually, the truth is now with interest rates going up, anything 15% plus you should be looking at. Mm. And it's diff- but the thing is, initially, it's difficult. The best, as I said to you, right now, when you don't have that much money, yeah, the best investment you can make is in yourself. So, what's the minimum amount what we need to invest in? It depends on the, it depends on generally, yeah, it really good. depends because also, like, you might find a way to like. When you start thinking about, when you invest in yourself, you'll start thinking about opportunities. Mm. Yeah, you start putting that in your head, right? Like, oh, what opportunities are out there? What offering? Like, and when you start thinking about opportunities rather than like, I don't know, stupid stuff out there in the world, opportunities start to like become available. And when you start thinking a certain way, you start thinking, how can I make it work? Instead of thinking, oh yeah, I've only got like a hundred pounds in my bank, you start thinking. Look, there's a property out there for a million pounds. I reckon I could get it for 700k. If I go out and get raise 800k, I could probably say I own 10% of that building. Right? Because I've given someone, I've got them a property worth a million pounds. Yeah? I've got it for them for 800k, and I'm taking 10% off the top. Yeah? Right? So, you know, I've worked for them for 700k, but I'm, I'm essentially 800 because I'm also like, a partner in that. You've just made yourself 100k, and you're going to get some income out of it. And when you start to think like that, you start to think about how you can fund opportunities in ways with other people's money. That's why that's a really important point. Just quickly on NFTs, um, what you should always be wary of with 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 technology and ideas and whatever it is, is that it's not the technology, it's not the first person that comes out with it that's going to make the money, it's the adaptation of that into the world that's going to make the money, right? The best example of that is MySpace, yeah. right? Or like, you know, MSN, you know. These people, they came up with these messaging stuff and social media and it was there and it was around, but it wasn't really, you know, it was just like a little bit too technical, people didn't really get it. And then you had something like Facebook that got it, 
they got what the niche was, like the social aspect, what people wanted, that's got under the skin, and then they monetized it and they flew. And it's sort of like that with NFTs. Like right now, yeah, like it's stupid selling pictures of a monkey like, and making a million pounds off of it, or eight, even 80K is like it's insane what they're going for. But do you know who the biggest producer of NFTs is? No. Ticketmaster. Who's Ticketmaster? Ticketmaster. They sell tickets to like events. Every ticket that you get is an NFT. Right, because the application of that technology goes far beyond just the stupid stuff that they're doing. Actually, there's so much more there that's going to be done. And eventually, NFTs are going to be massively powerful. They're really going to change the world. But the thing is, do you think whoever invests in it, like, I mean... No, 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 no. You've got to think about how you're going to apply it. But I wouldn't say you start going out and buying this stuff as an investment. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that whoever like, got one under or something, he makes the money off of it. Yeah, I mean, look, I really respect Gary Vee, but I'd, to me, it's just not my style to go out and invest something like that and not have any income from it. Yeah, I love Gary Vee. Yeah, I really like him, but like, I just don't get it. Really? What he's income? He's so full of himself. He's a Spurs fan, also. I, I think he's a lot well, of I'll tell you something about Gary Vee that, that I really, what I really respect about him. He is a go-getter and a, he pushes hard more than anyone else. I really believe he does that. And like, he's just very honest. He's very exactly. true, very he's real. Honest. And like that is him. That's just his style. And like, yeah, there's stuff that I like and don't like. Grant Cardone, if you know, if you've yeah. ever heard of him. He's another one. Like, there's stuff about him that I like and I don't like. But at the end of the day, he knows what he's good at. Yeah. yeah? He's good at finding a deal. What, he's fantastic about this. Like finding a deal, making it work, and getting in there and getting it done. Yeah? And he realises that now a lot of that is built on his name. Um, If you guys, by the way, if you watch anything, I have to really recommend it. I don't really watch TV and stuff anymore. I've blocked YouTube off my phone because I was wasting hours on it. All right? And seriously, it comes back to what I was saying before about, like, self-accountability and just, like, taking yourself. Like, I'm... I'm lazy, I love getting distracted, like YouTube, YouTube shorts, I literally would sit there for hours watching, <laughs> yeah, watching some guy in the wilderness build like a hut, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not, not even useful stuff, just yeah. like, like Thailand people. yeah, yeah, I love this, yeah. <laughs> right, and then, and then like you go on shorts, and like you go from Jordan Peterson to Gary Vee, and you're just like, you're literally just there, like one in the morning, like what am I doing, <laughs> I'm not going to shuffle it tomorrow, <laughs> like do you know what I mean, and like, it's just, I was just like, all right, enough is enough. I like, I started looking on my phone. I thought this would really like scare me into like doing something about it. I started looking on my phone how much of time I was spending on YouTube. Start seeing like four hours, five hours, six hours. I'm like, wow, that is insane. Yeah. You saved so much time. Yeah. So then I was just like, right, that's it. I gave my wife, I got my wife, like, I put downloaded a phone blocker on my phone, gave my wife the password, put YouTube and and Google Chrome in it. Now I can't use the internet, I can't use the thing. Yeah, right. Literally, I've just got seven hours of my life back every day. When I say to you about like small income change, just imagine that seven, you know, you've got 4,000 weeks in your life generally. If you live to 120, say 6,000 weeks in your life. That's it, end to end, 6,000 weeks. Yeah. If, you've, if I were to say to you, I'm going to give you an extra 30 hours in those weeks. Who's not going to take that? 
Yeah. Like that is like, what could you do in that time? I could literally, you could have a full time job and still run a business. Yeah. yeah. In that whole time. That's, that's insane. So, like, the fact that I've got the time back is mad. But, um, yeah, one of the things that I did watch that I have watched, I really highly recommend, it's called uh, Undercover Billionaire. It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, it's Grant Cardone. No? Yeah, yeah, so he's yeah. in the second. Prisoner. Undercover Billionaire. He's in the second season, but I actually thought the first season was even better than the second season. The second season just felt a little bit more American. Like they, like they saw that the first season worked, and they got like they Americanized it. Yeah, yeah. Like they just they designed it like a reality TV show, which I didn't like, but it was still really good. Um, and like what it basically is is they take these billionaires. So in the first season, it's like someone called Glenn Glenn Sears, and then it's in the in the he also. He st- I struck more of a chord with him because well, I, mm-hmm. I yeah I struck more of a chord with him because he was like just more like me than the others. But anyway, and basically what they do is they give these billionaires a hundred dollars, like an old banged up car, and like a phone with no contacts on. They can't yes, use yes. any of their contacts. They can't use anything like any of their money. Nothing. They're in like a random place in America, and they have to make a bill um, sorry a million pounds in three months. Right, and literally all these billionaires do it. All of them, all four of them. I watched the show, and all four of them do it. Grant Cardone made ten million. Wow, this is cool. In three months. In three months, he made a ten. He built business. He made a ten million valuation, and he was hit in the middle of that was COVID. If it wasn't COVID, I really believe he could have doubled it. Wow. Yeah. Sounds cool. It was honestly, it was like it's fantastic, and you see the way their mind works. And you see the way that, like, they approach adversity. And you see the way that, like, they are just disciplined with themselves. And you realise it really is a method. There really is, like, just a standard formula that to be successful, you need to be. Have all these things, yeah? You know, the way, you dis- the, the way you're just positive in, like, the most darkest of times. The way you're, like... You know, just discipline with yourself, the way you have good habits, the healthy habits, the way you're just acquiring knowledge, the way you know what you bring to the table and just extrapolate that out. You know, and all of these people, they do that. And I think that is like a madly powerful thing to have. So I highly recommend watching that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Any other questions? Yeah, if one want to invest into something, he has some nice amounts of money on the side, doesn't want to do with it. Instead of doing it himself, is there someone out there to speak to, like an investor? Like... His dad. Huh? His dad, Arnold. Arnold's a G at this stuff. Arnold, in, in my opinion, yeah, like this is why I work with him. Arnold makes millionaires. Genuinely. He finds the right things to invest in. He's got fantastic investments. Mm. Genuinely, like, you know, and like we've got these guys in the community, we don't use them. He's honestly, and they're just simple investments. They like simple 10, 12% return, you know, nice, tax efficient. And what we talked about before about you, you, you can invest about even using your own money. So that is like, you've got to find other people's money. You've got to find really good places of doing it. You've got to find good ways of doing it. And you've got to be sensible about it. You really have to understand what you're doing there. Right, because so my, my, only, my only fear about telling you about other people's money is that, look, if you're going out to get, the simplest way to use other people's money is to get an investor, whether a friend, 
you know, family member, a third party, whatever it is. That's the simplest way to get an investor. But there are other ways of doing it. Like are I you said, convincing to you. someone else to invest for you. Into you. Into you. Yeah, you give them a percentage or you take a loan from them or like whatever. But the thing is, there are also ways to protect yourself from any downside liability, right? Because I'm very much about not taking risks, right? Or at least being aware of the risks you're taking so that you can protect yourself against any downside, yeah? And so like, you know, one of the things that is really powerful is loans, yeah? You know, people always say, don't get into debt, don't get into debt. Or like, you know, people are always proud when they paid off their mortgage, right? In my opinion, that's it's fantastic and it's certainly an achievement. But like, I just think that's a bit of a middle class mentality. Like, I paid off my mortgage, I'm really happy about that. Like, like Trump is always, is always... Rich people, like, okay. they classify themselves on the ability to raise finance. Because they've been able to deal with debt. Yeah, but the problem is, is that before I want to sort of tell you how to do that, you need to be really comfortable with like how I'm, re- I'm how I'm like raising my funds and what I'm investing because otherwise you can get yourself into really difficult situations. So yeah, debt is madly powerful. It's a really successful tool that you can use to make a lot of money. But if used badly, it can really like screw you over. And you know, it's not something you want to be starting with like this young in life. Yeah. You want to like learn learn the field a little bit, you know. See what's around. Unfortunately, or no, fortunately, or just 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 the way of the world. Yeah, experience is one of the best. Like you know, just time you just you've developed knowledge. But so what I'm saying is, just accelerate your learning by taking it on in yourself. If you do that seriously, if you t- if you if you, uh, I guarantee you that you know. It doesn't sound exciting or whatever, but I guarantee you that if you're really entrepreneurial, you've got ideas, you push it, you are as tenacious as Moshe says he is, you know, if you you really are like that and you take on good habits now, by the time you are 25, 30, you'll be flying high, you know. I'm not going to put a number on it because I don't want to limit it, but like, you will be flying high. Generally, it doesn't take a long time. I would need to start now. 100% 100% start now. Start yesterday. I, told you, I started with that. Read a book called The 12 Week Year. It will change your perspective completely. 12 Week Year. Yeah. We go about time like we've got a year left. Right? And so like there's a mad, there's, a, there's like mad studies about how like psychologically we work. But like people look at stuff and they're like, uh, you know, taxi drivers in America they did a study and what they found is that they always went out to work the same amount they don't capitalise on the fact that you know it's raining and so like more cap- taxi drivers should go out when it's raining um, out, right. however at the end of the year they all work loads because they set themselves a yearly target of how much they need to work yeah. right some, some of them set, set a monthly target. So you see, at the end of the month, loads of taxi drivers come out. Right? At the beginning of the month, they just all like it's all the same. But at the end of the month, everyone pushes harder. And so the 12-week 12 12 year is about this concept of, instead of just pushing hard right at the end of the month, why don't we just make it a three-month a three month cycle, right? And push hard every single week, every single day. Turn up, consistency. Success comes, I, I truly believe this, success comes from, from consistently turning up, 
and following a method that is a sensible method. There's no, nothing clever about it, there's nothing different. You know, you invest in yourself, you learn about it, you find a method that works, and then you consistently do it and repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat, and you become successful. So you said, take a 10 pound, make a 100 Honestly, like, don't overcomplicate it. Don't, you know, like, all this stuff will come. Just, just, just focus on the learning. Whatever you're learning is good now. Mm-hmm. Any other questions? I'll, I'll take notes. Cool. Good? Yeah. Useful? Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Extreme. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hit me up if you've got any questions. I'm always happy to chat about this stuff. You can hear I'm going from England. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, seriously, keep in touch. Let me know what you do. I'm always happy to work with guys. Yeah. I give you a call when I have the merchant business. Yeah. <laughs> He's one of the leading financial experts. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.